to the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. And I'm so glad that you are with us again tonight. And I'm super excited to say that I am no longer fending for myself. But once again, I have the sisterhood back in the house. Do your S's, Wanda. Come on. Sisters. (laughs) I can't even do it. I can't even do it. I'm practice. Sisters. God bless you. There it is. There it is. We love it. Well, thank you. What have you guys been up to? It's been a while since I've seen you. Thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, goodness. I had to run out and see my grandchildren in Iowa. Mm. That was important. Very good. Wore me right out. So a little bit of that and some writing always and Mm -hmm. keeping track of my husband. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a full-time job right there. Keeping track of these men. Yeah. And you've done some editing. You've been such a great help for me. We just got um, our second book out the door. And thank you so much. You make me better than I am. We all know that. Thank you. How about you, little Wawa? What you been up to, girl? (laughs) (laughs) On the air. On the air. There's the secrets out. Okay. (laughs) Um, Just working. Doing the same old thing I've done. The radio in San Francisco. Yeah. She makes it sound like it's such an easy thing, but producing radio, it's a big deal. Well, it's... um, it's very challenging right now in this election season. She makes her host yeah. very, very, um, very, very yeah. wise. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up the election season because I almost said let's talk about the election on radio on this because that's something that we have to tackle, especially as Christian women. We need to be empowered to to let our voice be heard. And so I thought, oh, maybe we should do that. But I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there anyone piece of advice you would give in this election year for oh, us or thought that you have? Oh my goodness, there are so many thoughts. So many, uh-huh. <laughs> and so much advice I would love to give you, but um, I would say the biggest piece, piece of advice I would give if you're a Christian is to seriously look at what the Word says about what our responsibility is as citizens in our countries, in our land. Yeah, And we are actually given responsibility to choose godly leaders, period. I don't care what anyone's translation of that might be or interpretation right. of it. It means leaders who follow God. Yes. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not that hard. Um, and, and you do that, maybe not perfectly, because none of us do. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I know you don't do is you don't, you don't do things that are clearly, clearly, clearly opposed to what God says. Yes. Without all all the special little interpretations everyone gives it. Right. Right. It's so, the, he didn't he didn't hide his word so make it so cryptic that we can't understand no. it, did he? Use common sense. Right. What does yeah. he say, you know, about so many things I can go you know, go through um about, you know, I, since you were in your mother's womb, what? I named you before you were in your mother's womb. Right. You know, I've called you by name. Well, I would say that's a pretty big thing. Yes. Uh, to use in certain arguments in the pro-life movement, you know, that when people say, you know, right. it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's just tissue. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's another side to that. No, no, you know, it's not just the, that you lost a, hurt a woman mm-hmm. in the yes. process, yes. you know, and so yes. there's many wounded and broken and traumatized women out there. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's and a lot men, of things. And men as well. So and we suffer men. because of Absolutely. Because of that. I've mm-hmm. done a lot of shows on uh, with just a panel of Two would-be fathers oh, who wow. are trying to recover from abortion. Abortion. They either want, pushed for it, they either financed it, or they didn't want that at all, but they had no voice in there. That's right. And it happened to them. They were a victim yep. of it. 
Yep, all um, of those. Or combination of all mm -hmm. that. And, um, well, that's, it, that's a kind of a good segue because today I want to talk about our voice. And by that I mean finding our voice, using our voice, discovering our voice. And, and when I say voice, I'm talking about the core essence of who we are. And I'll start by sharing just this thought, this illustration of the little mermaid. We've, maybe we've seen that movie, The Little Mermaid, and how she thinks that the only way her dream is going to come true is if she's willing to give up her voice. Mm -hmm. that, that she thinks that she has to, the monster shows up, and the monster offers a deal. And if you just, you just give, acquiesce and give me your voice, and then, then I'll give you this, this, and this. And I used this not too long ago in a women's seminar, and I've really been thinking about it, how in, often in life we are faced with a monster. And we feel like that monster either, either offered us a, a false safety or, a, or a, a dream or something, or it just simply just took our voice from us. And we walk around this world not knowing our purpose, not knowing what we're supposed to do, afraid to use our voice. It's been in us all along, but it just doesn't come out. And again, when I say voice, the true personality that we are or our true opinion. Have you ever had an opinion or a thought before, but you never thought mm -hmm. your voice mattered yes. or you weren't important or you weren't mm -hmm. heard? Yes. Well, I felt that way as a child. I had a very very powerful and vocal father who in a, was very authoritarian in his approach toward, um, <clears throat> toward child rearing. And so I know that I felt, speaking for myself, I don't know about my brother, but I felt like I wasn't free to express alternative opinions on certain things. There were just certain things that were not allowed, and it was there was a lot of because I said so. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because of that, I kind of felt stifled and as though my opinion didn't matter. It didn't, mm -hmm. it didn't matter if I had an alternate view. I didn't get to express it. It didn't count. Right. And I think um, it's often that people wouldn't maybe actually say that to us. Um, they wouldn't come out and say, your voice doesn't matter. But all of the messages and everything that we see and everything that we learn is screaming to us, you don't count. You don't matter. And so we learn it. We internalize mm -hmm. it. We interpret it that way. Right. And in certain conservative uh, circles yeah. and denominations, women's opinions um, don't they don't count yeah. as equally uh, in a in a discussion. I, you know, I could I could have which I do. I can have a seminary degree, and mm -hmm. we can go into discussion of something. And you know, my my opinion might not be regarded. This is not the situation in my church right now at all. But in some churches I've been in, my opinion would not have been regarded equally with a man's, simply yeah. because of gender yeah. role. Yep. Oh, that's so true. And I know that as a, as a pastor and it's not something that you walk around with a chip on your shoulder, but it's just a reality. Mm -hmm. And you're not invited to the table. Right. You're not invited to the conversation. And, and it's just something where the message is, whether it's communicated to you through behavior or if it's actually verbally communicated, but communicated, but the message is you're less than, right. you, you don't, you don't matter. And your opinion doesn't count. And, and I'm wondering, how do we live then when, when we're walking around with the belief that says, I don't matter, my opinion doesn't count, my voice isn't important, 
I mean, how do you how do you live? How do you reach for something? How do you believe? I mean, doesn't that affect the way we face each day? I think it certainly does. I mean, for me as a teenager, that was reinforced by messages that I absorbed from my peer group in high school and in junior high. And, and um, you know, school can be a very, very unsafe and, and nasty place for, for some kids. That experience can be. Mm-hmm. And so well, I think for sure. we can we can gravitate to um, a group that feels like it will affirm us in some way, which mm-hmm. I did. I found a little niche of friends that I felt like affirmed me in, in, in my Christian faith mm-hmm. and accepted me. Um, and I think I think that I, I started feeling comfortable with who I was probably in my 20s when I was after my sexual assault and I got my voice back by, by speaking out about certain things mm-hmm. about myself and, and about the experience that had happened to me and using that in a, in a positive way rather than a negative way mm-hmm. and becoming an advocate for other people. Mm-hmm. And oh, so that's an important thing. Advocacy for other people mm-hmm. and then through caregiving and other, and other things, mm-hmm. finding ways to um, turn negatives into positives. Mm-hmm. I know for me, um, I, I didn't know what my voice was for a while. I didn't know what my authentic self believed or felt because I was the youngest of, of three daughters that my parents had. And both of my older sisters, in my mind, and I think in reality, they're very gifted. They have very visible gifts, tangible gifts like Denise is very artistic and she can paint and do things and Deborah plays the piano and she can sing and kind of measurable gifts. Mm-hmm. And then mine were you're quick witted or you're, you have, you know, you're humorous or you, you have good articulation, but I didn't know that when I was eight, I just wanted to play the piano. I wanted to draw a picture mm-hmm. and I wanted to measure myself by their gifts and didn't know it. So I think, um, and then of course the the abuse that I encountered snuffed out what little bit I had. So I remember just feeling confused about who am I really, and I would just sway. If you had that opinion, I would just agree with you, mm-hmm. or if you had that opinion, I'd just go with you, because I didn't really know what I thought or what I really believed. And th- I might say something, and I'd say, "Does that make sense? Or do you agree? Or do?" You- you know, because I was always right. checking and challenging. It took a while for me, and maybe even that's part of my personality today, but I'll express my opinion, but I won't fight to the death your right to hear my opinion, you right. know, as they say. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll, I'll back off of it, you know, and, and I have to really sit back and think, you know, what do, I, what do I really believe? What do I really experience? What about you, Wanda? Any thoughts along those ways and your voice, your thoughts, your opinion. Were you raised in a place, in an atmosphere that applauded you or supported or affirmed your voice? Okay. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew the answer to that, but um, I thought I'd ask. Well, and it wasn't, um, I mean, I had parents that that loved me, loved mm-hmm. my brothers and my sister, um, early on, anyway, when I was, uh, you know, formative years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, no, we weren't allowed to, like look even a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, if I looked a way that was interpreted as being whatever, defiant or whatever, because sometimes I just didn't know, um, 
Mm. It would be swift and severe, Mm. you know? And so Mm. you didn't look a certain way. You just wiped it clean and you just, you certainly didn't ever open your mouth if you were, if you wanted to live and, you know, Mm. and so we didn't, we Mm. were great. I mean, you know, they took a large, there were eight of us and they took us to eat at restaurants and every single place would tell us you have the best. We'll do that to you. Fear of death. (laughs) You lived in a lot of different environments and a lot of different, you know, with a lot of different people over the years. And you have said at times that, you know, you learned to become whatever you needed to be to, to live and get along wherever, wherever you happened to be living at the time. How did that affect you finding like your own voice? Um, gee, that's a good question. Well, I think that, um, it took me a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. I think it's only in the last 10 years, maybe actually mm-hmm. that I've not been afraid. I've just been unafraid to whatever. I mean, you know, Age I'm not afraid. Do that to yeah, it, it does do it to you. <laughs> yeah. Truly it does. I just, I no longer am that concerned if, you know, what I think is true hurts your feelings. I mean, I'm, I don't want to hurt you, you know, and I right. don't think I'm unkind, right. but, but I just don't let it bother me that much. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I, I'm in a, a line of work where, you know, we were the most hated group of people in California, right? conservatives, conservatives, you know, hello. Yeah. and Christian and on top of that. Oh my, you yes. know, so I'm used to that. I don't, Oh, so sorry if I hurt your feelings, but you know, that's kind of, um, I don't, I don't try and pretend anymore mm-hmm. about who I am. Well, that's really freedom. I mean, that's, that's been a, that's a result of healing too. It's not just age. We joke about that. There is something that age and wisdom brings to that. I was listening to a sermon the other day by T.D. Jakes, and he was saying, if I could just write myself a letter, if I could just talk to my younger self, mm. you know, if I could just say, younger self, if I could go over to you and say, boy, he said, I, I'd say, sit up straight, quit pouting. You're going to be, you got this, you got this, you're mm-hmm. going to be okay. And whoops, I'm pounding the table, I'm getting passionate. <laughs> but uh, if I could have been that person, if I could have got walked over to myself and said, you have a beautiful voice, mm-hmm. use it. You Not only a singing voice, which I ended up having a singing voice, but what you say matters and your opinion is beautiful and your, the way you say it and the humor that you, it, it, don't be afraid to talk, Don. What would you say to yourself? Um, Probably the same Shelley. thing. I, you know, I remember thinking if only, you know, my brother is so looking and talented and he's first chair in the band and you know this and that and, and he runs with such cool friends and if only if only you know the, yeah. if only if only I were that or this or whatever and um you know I think I would be much more comfortable in my skin and and more confident in in who I was you know that song dear younger me have you yes, heard that song have, yes that yes. song dear younger me is 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 very true because I you know, I think I probably would have said, you know, Shelly, you've got a lot of gifts and, you know, just, you know, be grateful. And I would have, I would have dove in, I think, and started to explore those things earlier and just not really worried about what anybody else mm-hmm. thought about that, but been grateful for them and mm-hmm. not held back. So, yeah. And not been so concerned about the fact that my house wasn't as clean as somebody else's or, or that I could, right. or that I couldn't can or, or cook oh, because when we moved to the farming community, I, I just felt so insecure because I wasn't 
able to cook or bake like all those wonderful farm wives. Caroline and, you Mills. Know. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't Caroline. Hey, man, embrace yeah. it. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have fit in in there, and I would have been. I would have had to been okay with that. But. I learned how to pluck a chicken. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what about you, Wanda? Is there anything you'd tell your younger you? No. I don't have an answer right after that. I'll, I've been thinking about it. Okay. I mean, okay, so this is. Oh, okay. Are you saying like the perfect? If I had my perfect, yeah. Like with the wisdom that you have now, like we were talking about, age does it to you. There's a wisdom that has you go back and say or encourage that child, you're going to make it. Don't ever give up. Yep. I, so, think, you know. I think one of the things I would have said is you're not who people say you are. Mm. Your identity yeah. is not who, in who people say yeah. you are. Yeah. That's right. Oh, gosh. If I, you know, and I think about my past too, you girls, and I know we're, we're all feeling it right now. We talk about that child within. She still exists inside of us. And if if I would have had one adult, you know, they would talk about my red hair and tell me, oh, beautiful mm -hmm. red hair. But I can count the times that somebody spoke something encouraging into my life. And I clung to those things. And I think now I have six granddaughters. My oldest will be 17, um, all the way down to um, three three-year-old, and I have three grandsons. I have to put that in there, but I want to be that person who speaks into them, helps them find their voice. Mm -hmm. I want to be that, that person that says, yeah. and to anybody listening right now, let us just be that voice if you haven't had one in your life to say, you are beautiful. Yeah. You, are, you are born of God. You said it a minute ago, Wanda, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew your name plans that I had for you. Yeah. And I think when, when I'm, when I'm my authentic me, I'm saying the things to myself that God would say about me. Mm -hmm. And I find it hard sometimes too, because I, I tend to think that God has always got to be disappointed in me for right. something mm -hmm. and saying, well, why didn't you do it this mm -hmm. way? Or oh, why yeah. did you do that at all? Mm -hmm. But, um, when I think about the fact that, you know, he takes joy in me and that, you know, if he's, if the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are talking about me, they're having this wonderful conversation saying all these wonderful things about me. Absolutely. Then that's who I am. And so that's what I need to be telling myself about who I am. That's my identity. That's who I am. Um, the gifts and talents that I have are, are part of me too, but I have to remember that you know, I'm free, I'm forgiven, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm spotless, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm flawless, like, the, like mm -hmm. the song, and, um, you know, I need to walk in that freedom, and I need to walk in that truth, and um, those things are, those things are who I am, and that's where I, that's where I draw my voice and my strength from. Yes, absolutely, and it's important to remember, you know, we don't have the opportunity to go back and speak to the younger us um, in real time. But God was there. God's speaking now. And actually, we are kind of every age we've ever lived. We are. Every that three-year-old is still in there. That 16-year-old is still in there. That's exactly right. And we can speak to her now. Mm -hmm. And you know, Dawn, what you said about your granddaughters, uh, and, and Shelly knows this, I talk about this all the time, you probably have the most profound effect on them. I just know how As a huge grandma. grandparents. Yes, they they save people. They save children. They save you know? children, honestly. And and 
and they did. That's why I'm here today. Yeah. Grandparents, you know, they spoke into my life and they didn't, they didn't, you know, they, it, that's what saved my life. It's, it's what has me convinced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It Absolutely. had me convinced since I was five years old that there's a God, he loves me. And it may not look like that, feel like it, taste like it, smell it, can't, yep. nothing. But I have always just absolutely positively known. Yeah. Didn't you say your grandpa taught you that? My grandfathers. Yeah. yeah my grandfather and my grand, my grandfathers and my grandmother. Yeah. But mostly my papa. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the opportunity to speak really to yourself in your granddaughters. Yes. Speak into your life what you would have said to yourself to them. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. so huge. It, it is. It's, it's life changing. It's life changing. We are both going for the same word because it is life changing, and that is the legacy that we leave. That's the gift that we give. Mm-hmm. That's our purpose on earth is to reflect Jesus, to be conformed into His image, but to bring that love. And yes. that's why it is important that we find our voice, so that we can sow into that next generation. That's right. Not only to live our own purpose, but to l- deposit something inside of them. Right. And um, morning, I had my little grandson Nico with me, and we, Papa, Grandpa, he can say Papa, and if I'm not, if I show up alone, then it's a well, Papa, Papa. Oh. <laughs> Hello, I'm here, aren't I? Anna? <laughs> but I had that same same thought as mm-hmm. we were just sitting there having our morning coffee I have tea sitting there with little Nico and I thought boy I just have to soak this in because you don't we don't get this very often I remember some of those moments but not very many as a child but I sure want to do it differently now for my grandchildren so we're talking about finding our voice I want to interrupt just for a moment I want to let you know all of you who are listening We are going to celebrate our voices and help you discover yours at the Freedom Girls Sisterhood Conference, November 5th. We're going to hold it right at Tribes Church in North Grand Rapids, but you can find out all the details you need to by going to thefreedomgirlsisterhood.com. Let me say that again. Forget the the. Mm -hmm. Freedomgirlsisterhood.com or dawnscottdamon.com. Check on the link events and you'll see the event and the um, Eventbrite website there. You can go and register. Register, Registration's begun. And for the first 50 who register, you will receive a prize gift. And I want you to know it's going to be awesome. So, Shelly, you're an author. You're a writer. You're very prolific. And one of the things you teach, in fact, you have a book at conference coming up. Mm -hmm. You can say a little bit about that. But one of the things that you teach is how to find your voice. Do any of those relate? How do you find your writing voice? Do any of those relate to what we're talking about here? How do we help someone discover their voice or unlock their voice? Unlock their voice. Wow. Um, I think unlocking your voice has a lot to do with um, just just expressing the core essence of who you are and, and exploring, exploring the values and the, and the, the real, the things that motivate you and the things that, um, that flow out of you naturally because, because of what you love, what you have passion for. And, um, for instance, I can't write, I can't write a book without there being humor in it. Humor is just 
part of the way I deal with life. I love the way you know my my books on on caregiving and grief and death and dying and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. They all have humor in them, you know, because that's part of the way I dealt with my mother's dying of Alzheimer's was was through humor, not like it's funny to watch somebody die. I, I don't I don't think I don't want to you know impart that that thought, but. Um, my mom had a great sense of humor about herself, and you know, when your mom's trying to get naked in church on Easter Sunday, <laughs> you can either be right. mortified and slide under the chair, or you can laugh at it later, you or know, both, or both, you know, <laughs> and and you have to give some levity to certain kinds of things. So that's part of my voice. Part of my voice is humor. I, I deal with things um, from it's a it's a survival skill it's it's a gift it's just part of who i am and um and so exploring that and developing that i actually have read other there's a other author named Sophie Kinsella who writes novels that i've just read for, simply to study what Sophie does with her humor and how mm-hmm. she approaches it so you can actually study things that help you try to develop your voice and explore ways that you can become more effective with it and become a student of yourself. What is it that, what are your passions? What do you love? Yes. What, what has God gifted you in? What are you good at? What are you drawn to? I knew from the time I was a child I wanted to be a writer. I knew that I want, my brother asked me the other day, well, why do you have to do caregiving? Why do you, why do you, as though it was kind of an irritation. Mm-hmm. And I said, look at, look at mom. What, what have I been doing from the time that I, what was I doing from the time that I was young? I was following my mother around, accompanying her to take care of her sister, her best friends, right. the elderly people oh in goodness. our church, right. going to nursing homes, going to what did my dad do? He took $50 in his Bible to church every Sunday to slip to somebody that mm-hmm. needed it. He was doing snow removal and yard work for people who were mm-hmm. unable to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I said, Paul, I've been taught to do caregiving all of my life. Right. And Dan and I went into church ministries. We just automatically slid into that role. And I've always loved it. And mm-hmm. and it's just part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I it's I'm I'm built to do that. You're wired that way. God wired me that yeah, way. He so, sure did. So how has mm-hmm. God wired you? Yeah. I like oh boy, it looks like our time is just getting away, but I love that word explore. Because I think for me, that was something that I was afraid to do. I would write or I speak in the parameters that I thought were acceptable. And it took me a while to learn to explore my voice. Like you said, discover what's really inside of you. Go ahead and explore. You don't have to stay on the path. You can go, Mm -hmm. you can get off and you can peek through the bushes and see what really, what else is in there. And Mm -hmm. that's been there all along. You just haven't explored it. Mm -hmm. And you haven't allowed it to run free and and to express yourself. So I'm hearing it takes courage to explore and mm-hmm. express your voice, which is really the true you, the way you really see, feel, and experience things. And the world wants to see it. Yes. Not everybody, maybe, but I'm better for you finding your voice and you finding your voice. And I'm better for me finding my voice. I love it when I hear that like a 75-year-old woman has become a wonderful painter. Yes. Know? and Or or somebody at, at, at the age of 60 or something has taken up scuba diving. I, I just think that, you know, we never know. We never know. And it's never too late. No. 
I'm hearing that. Well, this has been wonderful, and I just want to thank you so much for listening. And I want to say a prayer for you real quick tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will explore and release the voice that's inside of you, that God can use it for his glory. Be free, sister. God's called you and created you to run free in a spacious place. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, sisterhood. It's great to be with you always. And I pray and I hope that you will join us next time when we consider and continue to look at God's word. They can find you, Shelly, Perspectives.org. Beautiful. And me, Don Scott Damon.com. This is Don Scott Damon, your freedom coach, saying, Live brave.